Welcome, I'm Amy Kelly, also known as the Ish Girl. What's an Ish Girl? She's someone who has humorous grace with herself after discovering she's messed up or flaked out again. Something that comes in handy if you're working with or raising middle schoolers. A former middle school teacher and mom to two teens of my own, I know the hair pulling, heart filling, crazy making, and joy filled experiences that come with teens. I created the In the Middle of It podcast for teachers and parents just like you who want to support and impact the teens in your life. Each week, I'll be sharing stories and strategies to encourage and equip you so that you can truly become the grown up your teens remember, a meaningful mentor who helped them find their way. Well, hey there. I am so glad that you're with me today. So we are talking about something that I am so super passionate about today, and I cannot wait to get started. But before we dive in, I want to give you a little context about today's episode. It is part two of a four-part series that I am doing with Carolyn Gardner. Now, in part one of our interview, Carolyn and I talked about the importance of social emotional learning. And in today's episode, we're going to go into more detail about one of the strategies that you can use to increase your emotional intelligence or your EQ, and that would be journaling. Now, if you've been with me for a while, you know that I am a huge proponent of journaling. I think it is one of the best ways to process all of the things that are going on in your head. And often, I have to say, I am surprised by what comes out of my own pencil as I'm writing. And as I've said before, there's just something about getting everything out of my brain and onto the page that is so cathartic and often, for me, very healing. So that is what our discussion centers on today, the benefits of journaling and some of the ways that you can leverage it to help you and your teens as we reintegrate back into a post-COVID world. Now, if you didn't catch it in the first episode of this four-part series, Carolyn Gardner is a social-emotional learning expert who spent 20 years as an elementary school teacher. Currently, she's an entrepreneur who specializes in helping online experts clarify their messaging and build their content, and that is how I met her. She and I have been working together on podcast outlines and other content, and I just have to brag on her here. She is so amazing at what she does, and I'm so grateful grateful to be able to collaborate with her within my business, but I will say I'm even more grateful to be able to call her friend. So I'm going to stop talking about her and let you guys connect with her yourselves. Let's get going. This was something you mentioned as we were kind of prepping for the podcast, but you Mm -hmm. also mentioned doing like sitting down with your journal with a trusted friend Mm -hmm. and kind of going back and forth and sharing your journal and, and just the speaking it out loud to someone else. And I can't emphasize enough someone who is trusted and trustworthy and and all those good things, like a safe person is really helpful. And that might be as far as you need to take it because just the act of getting it out of your head and sharing it with someone is powerful enough to help you be able to shift and change, you know, make those micro adjustments. Basically, we all get very personal about our writing. Mm -hmm. Writing is very deeply personal. So if, you know, if we're talking here mainly about, you know, teenagers, especially just being willing to express themselves, that's something that the, the person you choose to share that writing with, they have to respect, you know? So yeah. Um, as a teen or as the adult who's learning to journal, whoever you would share that with is someone you are choosing that 
is your safe person. Yes. So um, if it's an adult learning the exercise of journey journaling, you pick as, as an adult, you feel safe with looking at your writing. Again, it's not a writing assignment. It's Mm-mm. just your feelings. So you don't have to show that to just every, anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a child, you know, um, like with my son, he has a journal and, um, you know, we talk about it. Sometimes he wants to talk to me, but sometimes he'd rather talk to his grandma, you know, like whoever that child is choosing at the time to talk with. In my classroom, I had um, like a, a notebook where my students could write things in it to me. Mm-hmm, rather, than Sometimes they would rather write it than actually say it to me. Um, because again, it's, we get nervous and it's a vulnerable thing. It's a vulnerable vulnerable thing. Really? Yes. You need to value that in yourself and value that you've done the exercise, but only trust that to people that are trustworthy. Right. Well, and that's where I was going in my head. I I actually Mm -hmm. had that with my daughter. We had a journal that we would pass back and forth. So if Mm -hmm. there was, you know, something I would write to her, she would write to me and, and we were both able to share things there because we Mm -hmm. had time to think through it and, Mm -hmm. um, and be very deliberate and and intentional about what we put in there. But I feel like it, it wove an intimacy with us. It grew Mm -hmm. that because it is that vulnerability. It's Mm -hmm. the things that sometimes you, it's hard to say out loud. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. so I think that too, with your students in the classroom, I know the, an English teacher that I work with, she had interactive journals, um, Mm -hmm. where kids could write to her and they could actually, if I'm remembering, right, they could, um, like put a post-it on the pages that the teacher was allowed to read, Mm -hmm. you know, so Mm -hmm. they didn't have to share everything with the teacher, but she was, you know, clearly they trusted her to not flip through and look at everything else. Right. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. but -hmm. it's that trustworthiness that you're talking about. So, yeah, I love yeah, the that writing idea. teacher in me. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. You go ahead. You go. I was going to say that the, the writing teacher in me just feels the need to like clarify again, like the word journal is used a lot in school. And, uh-huh. and this is like, um, diary journal, like not diary, nine-year-old lock and key kind of thing, but it is a separate thing from like, you know, any other writing assignments that it's would not be graded. It, that's no, what it's I'm not graded. It's and it's private. private. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, Thoughts. yes, that was actually the, the situation with what I was talking about. Like it didn't have to be graded. It wasn't, yeah. it was just a, a communication tool, which I think a lot of yeah. kids need and want. Now there are going to yeah. be some yeah. who are, you know, resist or what, you know, as always, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think it's, it can be really powerful. Cool. You know, okay. Skill development. And you're trying to identify those feelings and you just need a vehicle. Yeah. I love well, what you said about your daughter too, because, you know, you could write it anywhere, but if you put it like in something bound, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a book of some sort, you'll be able to look back on that and see how you've grown and changed too, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, and I think too, as you're growing through this journaling, it's going to become easier in the moment. Mm-hmm. for you to identify those feelings. And I think, um, and I'm not sure exactly what this would look like in a teaching setting, but I know that as an adult, I can, I can say things like, I am feeling so frustrated right now because I can't get this program to work in my computer, or I am feeling frustrated right now because I asked everyone to help 
you know, pick up in the kitchen and, you know, or whatever it is, or I am sad right now because I'm missing being able to go to a movie or, you know, whatever it is, but being able, you know, and obviously it's not going to be necessarily as simplistic as that, but being able to share in an authentic, vulnerable way is modeling to our, our teens and our kids that it's okay to do that. It's helpful to do that. And it's safe to do that. And if it's something that we didn't all experience, if the adults in their lives right now, if we haven't experienced that growing up and many haven't, um, we're learning too, and to show them the vulnerability of also learning those emotions makes it safer for them to do it as well. So um, that mutual vulnerability of sharing those feelings builds trust and um, credibility and shows them that you're always trying to learn too, and not just asking them to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. Right. Right. Well, and I'm also thinking about just kind of pulling in something I've been watching personally, but, um, on Amazon prime right now, there's a special with the singer pink. (laughs) And so my husband and I watched it the other night. And one of the things that she was talking about, because it's very much centered around her two children who are younger, like their elementary age, but she talked about that point when as a teenager, you feel this sense of betrayal because you're finally seeing your parents as human beings and not just mom Mm -hmm. and dad and not just human Mm -hmm. beings, but flawed human beings Mm -hmm. who are not, you know, who are falling off their pedestal, maybe, you know, if, Mm -hmm. if they've been put on one or, you know, or whatever. And so for me, that's so developmentally appropriate for teens to go through that. We all have to go through that to, to move into a place where eventually as adults, we're interacting with our parents as adults and, or our teachers or or whomever it is. But I think this being vulnerable and sharing what you're struggling with and sharing what your emotions are. Mm -hmm. um, And I think we've kind of focused on some negative ones, but I I think too, sharing positive ones, like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited that, you know, (laughs) for whatever, you know, that kind of thing. And your kids may, you know, roll their eyes at you, but that's okay because you're, you, again, you're modeling. But yeah, I just think, this is the start. This is mm-hmm. the place. This is the genesis of, of helping our kids see us mm-hmm. as whole human beings and not yeah. just mom or dad, which yeah. is especially important right now. I feel like, because we're all struggling, yeah. we're all struggling with the pandemic yeah. and the effects of it. And I think that we're going to continue kind of working out that struggle and probably in ways that we don't even recognize or understand or know yet. I think when we look back on things and have a, you know, not pun intended here, but a 20, you know, hindsight's 2020 perspective, you know, we're going to really, some things are going to come to the surface that we don't even realize that we're walking through right now. Yes. This episode is sponsored by the Meaningful Mentor book database subscription. As a former middle school teacher and parent of two, I know it is not easy to forge connection with teens, but I've discovered a simple secret, books. They can be a powerful catalyst for building relationships with your teens. That is where I have you covered, my friend. I've created the Meaningful Mentor Book Database to help you open the door to meaningful conversations. 
Want to know more? Head to theishgirl.com to discover all the details of this one-of-a-kind subscription. Well, and I know that you were also talking about isolation. And I think one of the problems with isolation is we start to think that we're the only person that's feeling a certain way. And then, you know, you can isolate yourself when you're around a lot of people, but we haven't been able to be around a lot of people. So you're not even seeing other people's experiences. And there's that tendency to think that you, you know, especially for teens, nobody else has ever felt this way before when they, you know, if we can set that example for them and show them, yes, you're not not feeling this feeling. You are not the only person. And I feel that way now, or I remember feeling that way when I was your age um, and just getting those conversations started for them. Right. And even, um, and I think this segues really nicely into the fact that there are resources that are out there, whether they're books or movies or, or whatever it is where you can show your teens that there are people who are feeling the exact same way. In fact, mm-hmm. when we were just saying you're not alone, I know, um, dear Evan Hansen is about to come out in the fall, which I think is going to be a very powerful mm-hmm. vehicle for kids to really see like, okay, yeah everybody experiences the kinds of, um, anxiety and loneliness and isolation mm-hmm. that I'm feeling, but in books, especially which Carolyn, you know, like that's, yes. I could, I'm up on my that's soapbox now. Like that's, that's my queen. Thing. Like, in fact, I'm even, I'm wearing a t-shirt right now that says I'd rather be reading. Like I was super yeah. excited. Amy's the book queen. <laughs> anyway, but just finding those books where, where teens are, going through whatever it is that your teen is going through, or even I found, um, with my kids too, things that their friends are going through that they don't Mm. necessarily understand, or are they're having trouble Mm -hmm. processing or whatever, finding something for them to read that helps them walk through that. So, um, because I know right now, I know my kids, um, being 17 and 19, we've had lots of conversations about, oh my gosh, my friend is experiencing this and I don't know how to step in and and how do I help? Or, or is it my job to help or, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's serious stuff. It's, it's not, it's things that I feel like we did not have to wrestle with when we were teens. No, absolutely not. And there are so many amazing young adult books out there that can be such an amazing catalyst for those conversations because you don't always know how to bring these things up. And I mean, I am not in that age bracket yet. (laughs) I have nieces and nephews and teens that I love. And, and after your advice about young adult books, that's what I'll use for my conversations too. But I do use it with my son, even, you know, Mm in age appropriate thing. It just, it breaks the ice to talk about big stuff instead of just saying, Oh, you know, right. Right. Well, and with teens too, because, you know, if I was to say, you know, Hey, let's talk about, you know, depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. My kids would roll their eyes and laugh and be like, okay, mom, you know, like that would not, but if I can say, Oh my gosh, did you read, have you gotten to this part in the book yet? Or Mm -hmm. have you read this particular book? And, um, and starting the conversation that way, you're going to them and asking their opinion. You're not going to, to them and trying to dig information right. or pull teeth, right. you know, which is, it allows you to be proactive about it. You mm-hmm. know, like, you know, there's these topics that, you know, you want to talk about, um, the perfectionist in me, um, recovering perfectionist, I should say yeah. is, 
is realizing, you know, there doesn't have to be a perfect time to talk about things. And, and I'm recovering from that mentality, but it is very proactive to say, you know, these are big things we're going to have to talk about at X time and, and gathering resources that would be appropriate and books that we could use as those vehicles. Right. Um, is a way that you can, you know, conquer what you were just saying. So, you know, I'd really like to talk to you about this really big topic. It's right. just, it's right. not easy. <laughs> well, and, and I would say too, because, you know, you know, I have my, um, meaningful mentor book database where you yes. can literally look at books by, um, by issues and topics and things. But I would say even like, in fact, with my own daughter, we were at a bookstore the other day and mm -hmm. I have learned along the way with both of my kids that if I hand them a book and say, oh, this one's really good. You should read it. That's the first one that's going back on the shelf. <laughs> so, so really watching what they're picking up and mm. what they're interested in and just kind of casually saying, oh, like I've read that, it, you know, what interests you about it? You know, asking questions rather than making recommendations is sometimes a better strategy I found with my stuff or saying, um, oh gosh, I didn't know that you had read that author. Did you know that he has, you know, these books as well? You might like those, you know, that's more palatable, I think for them <laughs> than mm. just the here, read this, like, or, you know, where it feels maybe more intrusive or even like an assignment. So I just love the idea of connecting that way. You know, it, it's again, elementary teacher background, but you know, we're, we were always encouraging parents, um, even, even way before I was a parent, you know, to read together. And then it kind of mm -hmm. seemed like I would hear back, you know, in middle school or high school that would break down, but you're bringing it back in, in a way to say, you know, it's an always a relevant way to connect. You can always be reading partners. You can create a book club with, you know, other parents and kids, like I me, mean, there's so many possibilities of using it as a way, as a vehicle to just have those hard conversations in community. Yeah. It's and there's a lot of different ways to do it. Like I know we, um, normally when we do family vacations in the summer, we drive, it's a road trip. And so we'll listen mm -hmm. to books on audio together. Like we'll pick one out oh, nice. as a family. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. been really good too, to do it that way. And in fact, I can remember one trip where we took, and we hadn't finished the book by the time we got home, there was like an hour left and we didn't unload the car. We didn't do anything. We just came inside, turned the book on inside wow. and finished the last hour. I'm trying to remember. I want to say it was nonfiction. It was, um, yeah. heaven is for real. Maybe. I mean, okay. it's been several, several years, awesome. we were just rivet riveted. So, and that's the other thing I just want to throw out there. Like I think that nonfiction books can be great for this too, yeah. to like really talk about yeah. things, you know? Mm -hmm. So, well, Carolyn, thank you so much for being with me today. I am just so excited about sharing this with the world. I love your heart for social emotional learning. I love your heart for kids and just, um, I love your heart for this work that we're doing. I just really appreciate it. And I do want to uh, mention too, that you have a resource that's geared towards younger kids, but I'm going to share it mm -hmm. on my um, show notes page so that people can link to it. Um, is there a URL that you want to share where they can go to it directly or? I think I'm going to customize that for you and, and okay. they can see it in your Great. show notes, but yeah, it's, um, it's just right, a, a quick training on, on how to set up journaling with your kids and it's relevant for either teachers or parents. 
Okay. So your resource is for teachers or parents and it's to help set up journaling for the younger ones. Yeah. For the younger ones, for the journaling for kids. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you again. And I am going to look forward to talking to you again next week because we're going to be diving into what it's going to look like to kind of pair this social emotional learning that we've just been talking about with reintegrating into the world after this pandemic and, and, and how to deal with all the things that might come up because of that. So thank you for being here. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. And we will see you next week. Okay. Thanks again, Carolyn, for talking about journaling with us. If you'd like her Journaling for Kids program or the Meaningful Mentor book database, or if you want to just check out any of the other resources that we talked about or mentioned during this episode, please be sure to head to theishgirl.com forward slash EP123. So we're going to catch up with you again next week as we talk about how we can help our teens when they start that actual reintegration process into school this fall and all the other activities that they'll be joining after the isolation of the pandemic. Until then, from an ish girl who cannot believe that it is already July, how did that happen? I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together.